Hey dog people of the internet, welcome to Cog Dog Radio, a podcast all about dog sports, behavior, and training. I'm your host, Sarah Stremming of the Cognitive Canine, and I can't wait to share my behavior cases, training revelations, and general geekery with you. Let's get started. Folks, I recently had the pleasure of sitting down to talk client communication, business policies, and so much more with Taylor Marconi and Giovanni Gio Alcade of Smart Bitch Modern Dog Training. Smart Bitch is a force, and I'm always interested in talking to innovators in my field, which is why I was so thrilled to jam with these two. I hope you enjoy it as much as I did. Welcome to the podcast. Would you start by sharing your names and pronouns one at a time? Hello, everyone. I am Gio, uh, Giovanni Alcade. Please call me Gio. And my pronouns are she, her. Hello, everyone. My name is Taylor and my pronouns are she, her. Taylor Bracconi. If you want my whole government name, I'm not giving it to you. It's Taylor Bracconi. (laughs) Thank you both so much for being here today. I wanted to have you here to talk about something that I'm really passionate about, that I observe the two of you being passionate about, which is client communication. Would you say that that's always been a primary value for you in in business, in running Smart Bitch? I think in theory, it has been. <laughs> um, well, just like any uh, any young business owner, regardless if that's for dog training or you know any animal related business, I think uh, I think a lot of young entrepreneurs have a lot to figure out when it comes to client communication. So uh, Taylor and I have troubleshooted a lot of stuff with the best intentions, but I do think that we are only now starting to refine what that means to us. Um, and even now, we are still. Um, you know, figure, figuring that out. So I hope that, uh, you know, the listeners can learn something from us and not make the same mistakes. Please don't make the same mistakes. Yeah, I would say the same for myself. Like, I'm passionate about this. This is a value that does not mean I don't screw it up on the regular. <laughs> right? Absolutely. <laughs> Do you, this is off the cuff. This was not on the list. Do either of you have any stories maybe from figuring out this as a value or any maybe even just an anecdote of like something that does come up that you've learned how to deal with better so i'm going to tackle this question in the most basic sense so earlier um i hope y'all can hear me okay earlier i was mentioning that um we we really do not like to do phone calls um as an initial way to contact people because we will go back and forth and you know, before we created Smart Bitch, Gio and I were in business for about a year, almost a year together with a um, dog with a dog training, um, a dog daycare company. And we would have to call people and text people. And sometimes we would hear back from them or we'll be on the phone with people who seem to be interested in dog training, but not really. So it would be a lot of time wasted and so many literally hours trying to go back and forth people who probably weren't going to buy our service. So one thing that really was passionate for both of us was trying to find a way where can we get rid of phone calls and that, and not just phone calls, can we gear communication more to our liking and could it work? Because, you know, we were, you know, we were a little, a little bit younger and, you know, middle twenties and a lot of people were like, oh, well, you have a business, you, you have to do X, Y, and Z in order to have a successful business. And I'm like, well, X, Y, and Z is not working 
in the late 2020, in the uh, 20, 2017, 2018. So what can we do to create a better way to onboard clients to make things easier? And that's one way we started to become really passionate about communication is the on, with the onboarding process. Um, to bounce off of that in terms of stories, um, I don't really have any specific stories necessarily without you know putting anyone on blast. Uh, but I will say that um, I think that some of the communication processes that we have put in place and so they they serve as safety nets for us. And you know, as a young business owner, uh, Taylor and I are very young, and um, it is very easy for people to think that because we're young that it's uh, easy to get over on us. That is not the case. Um, and I do think that if you if you think this out and that you um, are very clear about you know how your clients are going to communicate with you, uh, that it can also uh, save your butt <laughs> later on. Uh, we have had instances where we need to sever ties with um, unfortunate. Uh, situations with clients that just not it was not working out, which uh, would have inevitably turned into you know some type of back and forth. Whether that would have been, um, you know, somebody trying to steal money from us that didn't work out for them because we had communication processes in place. Uh, somebody attempting to leave nasty reviews uh, that did not work out for them because we had certain communication processes in place. Um, and I think it's really important to understand the importance of a paper trail. Um, you know, uh, again, like Taylor said, we we have made it a point to try to get away from phone calls. And I do know that, uh, you know, previous generations heavily relied on phone calls, but the, in all actuality, like who actually wants to pick up the phone with a phone number that you don't recognize? And then you have no idea how long you're going to stay on the phone. And most of the time people are going to be, you know, fishing for information for free, which is not how it works. Um, so oftentimes we have switched it over to communication that is a little bit more email based or, uh, you know, not necessarily text based, but just we're very specific about how we do things. And because of that, because we're very crystal clear about it, if anything ends up happening later on, um, it's not a surprise, you know, because everything would have been communicated and there is record keeping that's in place. So I do think that that for me in particular, that's a really important aspect for our own personal client communication. And that is just uh, literally just one facet of like, you know, initiating conversation with clients. That's not necessarily how we keep up with a training plan later on, which, you know, we can talk about later. So I hope that makes sense. Yeah, it really does. And I think number one, I love you both because I hate the phone. Like, I do not talk on the phone. If somebody calls me to try to set something up, number one, I don't even know where they got my number because it's not anywhere right. for them to find intentionally. Right. Um, the other thing that happens to me is I get a lot of messages on social media mm -hmm. and I have just made a blanket statement that everybody has to email me. If you send me something on social, I come back with, can you please send me an email? And here it is. Here's my mm -hmm. email address. Yes. I love that you're pointing out that this helps you later. Like this is a, this helps you policy wise. Mm -hmm. that Absolutely. You have, yeah. That you have everything in writing, mm -hmm. but I also find it, I find it so much easier to, like you said, onboard clients via email because that way you're not, I mean, in the old days, when I used to do this by phone, how often did you get trapped on the phone? All the time. All the time. All the time. 
And we run into an issue, I'm happy you mentioned that, run into an issue where I could not, I didn't have time to explain all of our services in a mm. way that made sense. So even yeah. before we made Smart Bitch, we always had unique services and different types of packages. And we felt like we really wanted to explain things to people before they bought it. And I'm like, okay, it's been like 15 minutes of me explaining what package you may, you may want to buy. And this, this information would have been better delivered through email. So in terms of communication, there is nothing lost with, you know, um, through what we're saying, because I have mapped out templates for us to send to people. This is exactly how you get started with us and you can buy X, Y, and Z. Everything is on our website as well, but they have exactly the, the enough amount of words to understand our services, which is really important too in terms of communication because um, the way that we serve our clients, um, private training clients, that's all, most of our clients, they have to do a consultation first. And if you want private training, I don't care if it's virtual or in-person, you have to go through a consultation first. So it was kind of hard to explain that over the phone. So you know what? Here you go. Here's a link. Here's your template. This is what you do. Here's step one, two, and three. Very simple, straight to the point. And we've been doing this successfully for about three years now. And it's probably been the best change that we've made for our business. And to bounce off of that, um, I think it's really important for the listeners to know, um, I, yes, we have each other. Uh, we're a small business and we are fortunate enough to be functioning with a partner. And we, Taylor and I work well together. Uh, most small businesses who are you know, flying solo, it might just be them all by themselves. And I think all of them, whether you have a small team or if it is just flying solo, understand how important it is to try to be as efficient as possible. So the reason that we do things the way that we do is because uh, Taylor and I are wearing the shoes for every role in our business. We are the social media people. We are our, our own graphic designers. We are our own uh, video editors. And everything that you see has been created by us and by no one else. So whenever we are making it a point to contact, uh, you know, that initial contact area, it's very important to us that these, not only that they understand how to like, you know, read what we're saying and follow through. Uh, and they, and they also just understand that like, Hey, I'm really sorry, but this is just how we function. And if it doesn't work for them, then we, we immediately know that this is not necessarily, necessarily going to be a, a fantastic, um, you know, relationship going forward. I think another thing to know as well, and this is not necessarily a way for, um, I, I don't know. I don't necessarily care about this too much, but I think another thing to know about just being on the phone is that a lot of things can get misconstrued um, or can get misinterpreted. For instance, um, I am uh, very much a sailor mouth. I can like sometimes I'm very surprised by what comes out of my mouth. I'm like, wow, I just I just said that uh, out loud, and it's different when I've already established a relationship with a client. Um, and fortunately, Taylor and I, with us being in New Orleans, most people have a pretty good sense of humor. It's this kind of a hilarious city. Uh, however, when you're on the phone and you're trying to make a sale, you might end up saying something that you're just like, oh gosh, I hope that didn't rub you the wrong way. Like, oh, did I just put my foot in my mouth? Um, and at the same time, like I said, I don't necessarily care too much about that. But for anyone who's struggling with the anxiety about how they feel or how they sound over the phone, uh, that's one way to just get rid of it. Like, you don't necessarily have to do that. Um, you know, you can communicate more efficient, efficiently, um, and also you can kind of just get rid of that really weird, awkward uh, anxiety that's kind of attached to phone calls. Uh, I don't know about you, like, I feel like millennials all suffer from, like, phone anxiety. Like, I don't even want to schedule my own dental appointment, you know? <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, this is, we're kind of segueing into 
our process. So I'm, I'm gonna keep it going if you don't mind, Gio. So with the consultation, we also, to help with communication going forward with our new clients, we actually broke our consultation up in, into two parts. So we used to spend a lot of time um, educating people on how to get started with training and stuff like that. Um, this is positive reinforcement. This is, this is what punishment is. Here's why we don't like to do X, Y, and Z. And we would do this for every single consultation. So actually, a client of ours recommended, why don't y'all just record the education piece and then use the rest of it for the actual appointment time. And that has been a really good um, change for us. So we have two parts. Part one would be the um, recorded video, which, which is the education piece. And our clients who buy a consultation, right after they buy it, they get an email that says, okay, you bought the consultation. Now you have to do part one before part two. And if you don't do part one before part two, we're going to have to reschedule your part two. And people are like, whoa, I'm like, yeah, we will not talk to you until you do the education piece. Why? Because when we get to the consultation and we start putting down management rules, enrichment rules, and things like that, it's really hard to explain these, uh, these new concepts to people who don't really understand training at all. Most of the time, our clients are people who have never trained their dog before. So we're starting from scratch and how and how you know how how dogs learn, you know, genetics, things like that. And once they understand that, the management, enrichment, everything that we're going to recommend makes more sense to them. So with the communication piece, though, what we do is we email them and we text them and say, "Hey, you have to do this." at this time, before this time. And um, we've had a really good success rate, while not really putting our foot down, but just having these rules and being strict about it. Do this before this date, and then we will continue. So here's what's so brilliant about that. Obviously it works for you. Obviously it's brilliant because it's, it's an effective policy, but how smart is it to have this to basically give them a simple set of instructions and then not waver on the instructions. And now you have set up your relationship. Now you have set up, and this is how everything else will also be that, you know, obviously we are as dog trainers, especially, you know, I think people who think about positive reinforcement, we want to work with them. I want to know what you can't do just as much as I want to know what you can do. This is a conversation, but there will always be non-negotiables. And yeah. I don't want you to get the impression from the beginning that you can waver on the non-negotiables, right? So yeah. that's really, really smart. Yeah, um, it really does set the precedent uh, for the rest of the relationship. Um, from the beginning, um, we we have wavered in the past. We have given wiggle room and it almost always smacks us in the face. We almost always end up paying for it. So um, you don't have to make that mistake over and over again to learn from another trainer's mistakes. Um, you can, I always like to remind trainers too, I know especially positive reinforcement-based trainers, we love the dogs. We want to help everyone. That's what we're in it for. And then if you are, working with cases like Taylor and I, the bulk of what we do is rehab, working with dogs and with families that really need help. 
but there's a lot that goes into that. And so they need to understand um, how you're going to be communicating with us. They need to also understand that we're, we are also a very tech forward company, which is a little different from, from some companies. Um, we do use technology and it is non-negotiable. And if that is something that's going to be a problem, um, it's not something that we're like, oh, surprise, you have to learn how to use this. Um, you know, that, that's not the case. And of course, all, the, all the, the tech or anything that we introduce to them from the beginning, it's not very difficult. And we give them um, instructional videos and, and how to's. But even after that point, if, if it's just not going to work, then, you know, we'll sever ties and potentially try to forward them to someone else that might be better suited. Uh, typically, at that point, most people will stick with us. Um, but I think the, the really important step, too, is in our part one consultation as well, I think one of the most important parts of that is the non-negotiable part. It's not even about communications. It's just about what we will not allow during dog training. And uh, because, you know, our company also has uh, what we stand for. You know, we are uh, like most Lima-based. Uh, we try to stick to that. But with our own take on Lima, there are lines that we will not cross, period. And I know that there are other trainers who will. And that's fine. I'm not judging anybody. But they have to understand that if you're going to go through a rehabilitative process and you're going to end up dropping you know, somewhere between two to $4,000, I want to make sure that you are not going to mess it up along the way. And so that starts right in the beginning. Uh, and, and I mean, you, you know what I mean? Uh, so, <laughs> so I just want to make sure they're not going to get in their own way by, by understanding, hey, these are the rules. And if you break these rules, just know that you're probably going to end up shelling out more money than we told you in the first place, because that's usually what ends up happening. <laughs> Totally. And I, I love it. I think that this is a perfect kind of segue into a personal pet peeve of mine, which is dog trainers complaining about client non-compliance. Oh, um, it bothers me a lot when I mm -hmm. hear it because I think that good communication and good policy kind of renders it non-existent. Yes. And we're yeah. So what what is your, I want to hear both of your thoughts on that. Um, I think I totally agree with you. It, it, all, it also is a pet peeve of mine as well. It just, to me, I like to kind of go back to thinking of, we are teachers, you know, we are teachers. We were all students in the classroom and we all had a teacher that did not communicate well. We all had that one teacher one at one time. And a good example, um, I don't know who said this quote, but it makes so much sense. If the entire class is failing, <laughs> maybe we should look at the teacher. So for us, um, whenever we felt like we go in, to be honest, it's a weird season because of the pandemic and everybody's stressed out, everybody's anxious, uh, myself included. So I get it, it's been really weird waves. However, whenever we run into waves of, okay, you know what? A few of our clients are not complying with the homework. What, what are we missing? So a recent change that we have made, uh, we have actually started to create more detailed, um, less vague, specific homework and to send it through a specific channel. So I'm just using an example. So we use an app called Marco Polo. Um, we were first told about this app from Michael Shikashio through a webinar he did in 2020. And Marco Polo is a very, very simple um, video walkie-talkie app. It is the only way you're going to get us on the phone, <laughs> honestly, but I uh, love that app. And we actually tell our clients to send us, our, send us their homework through that app. Now, what we have done, and Gio has actually did this, it's very hilarious. She says this, I need you to send me three Marco Polos of your dog doing down here, doing down there, doing down there, as an example. And by having this very specific, less vague, easily obtainable homework practice assignments, people do it. So 
when in the past, before we had Marco Polo, we were really struggling with homework submission because thinking about it, our clients didn't really have a good way to send us homework. We used to do, we used to do v, um, videos through email a long time ago, which was a nightmare because you know there's a limit on how much um, you can send through email. So if we would send people homework through email, a video, they would rarely do it because nobody's checking the emails like that. So like we said, you know what? Let's get this app that's going to be on your phone. I'm showing my phones if y'all can see it. Y'all can't see it. But here's a phone. Uh, here is this app you can download. It's a very easy way to send us videos. And we also did this, which is a little strict, but look, it works for us. We tell people, you know, we're going to work with you. We're going to schedule you. We're going to do X, Y, Z. However, if we keep running into this, this thing where we are scheduling and we're not hearing anything from you, no, no uh, communication with us, no homework submission, nothing, we tell people, you know, we're going to hold off from scheduling you until you're actually ready to work with us. And this has happened to us a few times. People would schedule with us and we would give them specific homework. They would either do it or they would do it for a little bit and not do it after a while. I'm like, look, uh, we feel like you're not ready to keep working right now. Let us know when you're ready to keep going. And this has worked out really well. Like, oh, you know what? I'm ready to get back into training. Y'all. Okay, let's get back to the training. Another thing that we've done to help with this is, as well is that we actually give our um, training packages a ex expiration date. It used to be six months, and now it's four months. You have four months to complete this package. And in this four-month time, we're going to do our best to make sure that you, we keep you in our books. But if you don't schedule us or you don't talk to us, you're going to find that this package is not going to work out that well for you. And I'm proud to say that we have not had that many people to disappoint us because of the onboarding process. We do so much to explain to people what we do. By the time we get to this point, we don't really get to that point that much, if it makes any sense. Now, we are in the process of changing our, our processes again, but so far what we've done has worked out really well. But basically what I'm trying to say is we have different, different safety nets to help out with our clients communicating and us making sure that we aren't, um, making sure that we aren't going over time with some of these packages, if it makes any sense. Um, off of the non-compliance factor, um, I think one thing, yes, I'm absolutely with you on that. I absolutely, <laughs> Taylor is definitely our social media person. She's definitely the one that if you're going back and forth with someone, it's probably Taylor. Uh, social media for me oftentimes is very exhausting. And one of the reasons being is I absolutely cannot stand complaining over and over again. It, it, it irks me. And I think definitely when it's from a business standpoint, I, I get it. Um, every once in a while, you will encounter someone who is the biggest pain in the butt. However, for the most part, that person is rare. And if you, if you continue to run into the same problem over and over, again, as a business owner, you have to look inward. And you have to ask yourself, what do I need to do to adapt? Or, you know, so if the non-compliance is communication related, then ask yourself if the communication processes you have in place even work. And if your, um, you know, if it is uh, homework related, then ask yourself, what is an easier way for you to do this? Or did you actually establish uh, what, you know, what was needed to be done in the first place? And so I think a lot of times people just get stuck and they're just complaining. And, and the thing is, is that uh, I don't, I don't like to pull the grateful card uh, really, but I think a lot of times when people go to the internet and they start complaining, I think they're taking for granted the fact that they even have somebody 
trying to go back and forth with them and trying to uh, employ them because they could just as easily go somewhere else. And so I really think that uh, it's really important to establish these things from the beginning. And also uh, one thing that I think Taylor and I pride ourselves in um, is that we are extremely experimental. Uh, part of this against our will, uh, we did not anticipate when we started our business that it was gonna run right into a, a pandemic and nobody planned for that. Uh, so a lot of the experimental stuff had to do with the you know, needing to adapt, but also uh, she and I have never been afraid to try something new. Um, and we are usually pretty quick about noticing something that we dislike or something that's not working, uh, particularly myself. Uh, if I, I, for one thing, I don't like repeating myself over and over again, and that's not anybody's fault, but my own. That's, you know, that is just like over, if I, if I find that I'm saying the same thing, same things over and over again, and I start to get exhausted by this, or if I start to not remember who I told what, it's like, okay, you know what, there's got to be a more efficient way to do this. Um, and so a lot of times you really have to just, maybe it's just put a pen to paper and write down these things that you dislike and then figure out ways how to fix them. Um, but just know that they're not going to get fixed by complaining on the internet or jumping into the comments or complaining about your clients because your clients hired you to help them. And sometimes that means, you know, helping them on uh, on a lower level. Maybe they just need uh, more bite-sized instruction. Maybe you're giving them too much uh, more than they can, you know, they bit off more than they could chew. And honestly, that just goes back to you and how you present that information. Um, so I know this kind of seems like a blamey thing, like, oh, it's all your fault. It's not necessarily all your fault. Like I said, you will um, encounter that occasional client who is very difficult to work with. Um, however, again, if you put those processes in the beginning and then you find ways to adapt as you go along, um, or you're not afraid to adapt, you know, you're not afraid to try a new application or you're not afraid to change your emails or, or set up, um, you know, automated messages on social media, whatever the case may be, you have to try it to figure out if it even works for you. Um, cause I think that's a big one is a lot of times run it, people run into this whole res resistance of, <laughs> Excuse me, I'm sorry. My cat is the cat is. I wish y'all could see. He's into, that was funny. He's, <laughs> he's kind of hilarious. Uh, but yeah, so so I hope that makes sense. Um, I, it doesn't ever make sense to to blame the client. It makes perfect sense, and I keep the word boundary keeps coming up for me as you're talking because I, when I if I find that I'm complaining about somebody's behavior, then probably there's a boundary that I haven't set that's being mm -hmm. crossed right? Probably there's a boundary that's being crossed. And therefore, I'm feeling the need to complain about somebody's behavior. Yeah. Um, Non-compliance is certainly something that I hear dog trainers complain a lot about. I think you're completely spot on. I think that that is, that is a communication issue. But it also, and I love that we started here, it's also an onboarding issue. Figuring yeah. out what your ideal client actually looks like is where this begins and not being so desperate that you're just kind of taking everybody that shows up at your door, which I totally get. I mean, there was a time when I could not afford to feed myself and also pay my rent. And so, yes, everybody that showed up, I took them, right? It's, it's not a smart business practice and you will get these problems that you then complain about because you're taking people who don't work for you, right? Yep. So, I think it yeah, go ahead. I think it inevitably also by not setting these boundaries, by not being clear with people or, and then you turn to the internet to complain, um, it inevitably uh, turns into burnout. You know, I think uh, if you can, if you continue perpetuating that you're stressed or that you 
uh, you feel like you're running into a wall over and over again, uh, chances are you're not going to want to do your job for much longer. Uh, and Lord knows that working as a small business owner is hard enough. So um, you just have to know that it's something that you're you're going to continue to tackle. I don't I just don't ever see us at this point ever being done with our business model. You know, I I and I think that was something that was told to us or something that we read in articles and and, and business coaches. You know, you're never going to be done. You're never going to be done. But then when you're actually in it, you realize, yeah, wow, I'm really never going to be done. But that doesn't have to be a bad thing. So long as you're continuing to make adjustments that work for you, um, then it's okay. You'll be all right. Yes. So that was the other thing too, that I was thinking about Gio is while you were talking, you were saying, you know, Taylor and I are not afraid to try new things. We're not afraid to change. We, what I'm hearing is two dog trainers who are the opposite of burnt out. Like you are fired up about what you're doing. And so when there's a problem, you figure out how to fix it. You, when there is a repeated issue, you make a policy change that gets rid of that issue for you. That's what happens when dog trainers are not burnt out, right? Like when we aren't burnt out, we are looking at it and saying, how can I make this work for me? Mm -hmm. And what, honestly, what good is running your own business if you're not doing that? Mm -hmm. No, seriously, what's the point? (laughs) Right. When I work for other people, that's usually my primary problem is that when there's a problem, I don't get to change something to fix it. Exactly. You just brought back some memories, but before I go into a memory, <laughs> yeah. before I go into a memory, um, I just had a thought. Um, you're totally right about everything, and uh, a good example of a recent change that we made was the going from six month expiration to a four month expiration, and allowing people to extend their packages for a fee. All that sounds really strict, but if you think about it, four months is a very long time. Um, not very, but it's a decent amount of time to finish all of our training packages, our biggest training package, it may it may run off to like four months, but we would consistently have people who would schedule with us. And just so you know, Sarah, one of our biggest um, rules, we do not chase people. And I actually talked, we talked about this in our Lemonade Conference and people were like, what? I'm like, we don't chase. We will schedule you. We tell you, let's continue to schedule. But if you cancel us or you just don't get back to us when we try to schedule, we are not going to run you down. Hey, need to schedule with you because we have other clients who are keeping themselves in our books and they are making sure to schedule. That being said, the issue we kept running into, which again, pandemic affects everything, I'm sure. I don't even know what the baseline would be because we've been in the pandemic for most of our business now. Um, we changed it from six months to four months because we have people who would, who would buy one package and it's like going on five months. Okay. Five months ago, you paid this one fee for this package, but I am still working with you per, um, through Marco Polo. That's a lot of money that I, we could be making from other people that are that we're now still giving to you, which kind of hurts our sales. And another thing too, we cannot accept too many clients at one point. We, we can only accept maybe a few every month because we have so many that we're still um, servicing. So as soon as we realized we had maybe like a few clients who were really hitting or getting close to the expiration time, we decided, you know what, for this amount of training time, we obviously should be dedicating four months. And that's it. Because if we have a client who is scheduling with us often, four months is definitely enough to get that finished. And so we made that change immediately. Uh, we made the change of changing our consultation pretty immediately as well. 
we do these changes fast because we do not want to get frustrated again. There are sometimes there are sometimes we deal with things. Where, you know what? I don't want this to happen again. What can we do to change things to make it easier, to make it better? What can we say to make things better? What can I make explicit in our first emails? Hey, please, you're going to expect X, Y, and Z from us. Here's how it's going to go. Um, I think another thing to to bounce off of to um, to kind of bring it on a lighter note is there is an incredible degree of positive reinforcement when you make adjustments to your business model, you know, relating to client communication and client compliance um, and when they work. You know, sometimes you're going to try something and it sucks. And it's, and honestly, it's just going to suck. You got to take the loss and move on. You know, don't dwell on it. Sometimes you just got to let it go. There's going to be a lot of times where you have to let things go and you're just going to have to brush your shoulders off and keep moving if you want to keep making money because that's really what it boils down to. Uh, but when it does work, um, the, for instance, um, like Taylor mentioned earlier, uh, we're doing a lot of business adjustments, you know, it's the beginning of the year, it's tax season. Uh, we do this all the time. I would argue that we probably restructure our business model like two to three times a year. It's exhausting. It doesn't get easier. Um, however, some of the adjustments that we have made and some of the things that we're starting to see in relation to client compliance, uh, man, I love getting a notification on my phone that says so-and-so has dropped four videos in our Facebook group, you know, submitting homework or that I get, um, you know, the Marco Polos from, from private clients and they're showing us exactly the homework that we have requested. And there's other, there, there are other benefits to this one in business relations um, and improving um, our relationship with future clients. You know, I'm able to look at this stuff and also analyze, did this homework work? Um, did it did it actually improve anything? Did this actually work towards their goals or do I need to actually specify further or do I need to add less specificities? Do I need to give them more freedom? Um, every every private client might be different and how you choose to have relations with your clients is different. Um, I think one thing we're trying to do, one model um, I'm trying to not really mimic, but I, I find that many people benefit from is also kind of mirroring a model that's similar to a fitness coach. Uh, many people talk about the accountability and how they have hard times in the gym and how they just won't do it unless they have someone riding their butt. And so a lot of times I find that the specificities that, that uh, fitness coaches will provide, that's what works for them. And so I'm like, okay, well, why don't we try that with our own? And I'll say that's what we're trying right now. And so far it's working. And maybe in three months time, um, you'll listen to this podcast and I'll completely have changed my mind. Who knows? Um, that's the whole point of, of business. Uh, so there are ways to also improve your, your business and in, in the analytics, you know, and, and also trying to figure out how you want to supply that information to future clients. Um, and on the flip side of things as well, well, uh, by the way that we choose to do our communication, um, it's also fantastic for marketing purposes. Uh, because Taylor and I have decided to primarily communicate uh, through the internet and through video that's either uploaded to Facebook groups or to Marco Polo, um, with the permission of our clients, we are also able to show other people what's being done. Mm -hmm. And that's the other thing about being a positive reinforcement trainer is that when you're up against your competition, um, your competition often will waive guarantees um, and time limits that they can get things done very quickly at a, at a pretty price. It's usually the price actually is not that pretty, but um, it's that little that little two week constraint. You're like, wow, you know, you you cured an excessively aggressive dog in two weeks. Fascinating. Uh, that sounds like that sounds a little traumatizing. I'm a little scared, but. <laughs> uh, you know, but the thing is, is that so for us, a lot of times we have to find ways to deliver this information in short bits. Um, and because we are very tech forward, we rely on our social media to show people, hey, look, you can do this too. Hey, look, 
I know rehab sounds scary, but it actually looks like this, you know, and look how happy this client looks. And so you can also use the communication to sell your next, you know, sell, sell yourself for the next client without actually having to, to do a whole lot of effort. Uh, but again, we only do that with that client's, uh, with their permission, of course. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of benefits to clarifying communication and clarifying and trying to improve on compliance and how you can apply it to other facets of your business. For sure. And I think, again, I think a theme will just continue to be when something's not working, change it. Yep. Absolutely. As you adjust your, you know, one change is just going to beget like other changes. Like that's just how this works. Mm -hmm. Letting the business kind of be its own like living animal is what works really for me. I wouldn't say I restructure it twice a year, but I probably once a year, at least restructuring. I'm glad we're not the only ones. (laughs) No, I mean, also it's probably just that I get bored. You know, that's okay. That's okay too. That's the beauty of owning a business is that you're allowed to do that. Uh, You know, you're allowed to do it and make sure that it's still sustainable, but you are allowed to do it. That is the freedom of owning a business um, is that you can do this thing all of a sudden. Uh, I think there's so many rules, these imaginary rules that just float around on the internet. Professionalism, blah, 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 blah. And it's like, you know what? I started this business so that I could be the boss. So I'm going to be the boss and I'm going to change things. And I hope that it works, uh, you know, for the future. (laughs) Well, a good example of that um, is we... You know, we're in the process of changing things, like like we mentioned. And one of the things that we are changing is that we are niching down. <laughs> one thing I think we unknowingly went to this business thinking, oh, we got to do everything. We got to work with this, got to work with this, got to work with this. And we were good at it, yes, but it's been about three, four years, four years now. And I'm like, whoa, you know what? I actually prefer to do these cases and really good thing about geo now we have very similar preferences in, in terms of dog training we love working with leash reactivity we cannot stand working with separation anxiety so going forward we have decided you know what we don't want to take on those cases anymore we want to take on these specific types of cases and that's what our um changes are being geared towards so you also don't have to take on what you don't want to take on. You can take on specific types of cases. I wish someone told us that when we first started. We really thought, oh, I have to learn everything. Oh, my gosh, I don't understand this. You can take your time and then chew at what you actually want to work on. Um, I think another point, too, this is kind of a tangent, uh, but still really, um, really good. Uh, during the pandemic, Taylor and I were fortunate enough to find an online tribe. And what I mean by that is, is that we, you know, we, we reached out and we got a, a group of like-minded trainers um, and, you know, we just go back and forth on in a, a Facebook messenger. And sometimes, sometimes we're talking about business related stuff. Sometimes we're talking about wins. Uh, sometimes we're talking about improvements and periodically uh, we try to meet on a Zoom call and we talk about what's going on. And the point that I'm getting at is that um, you don't have to be alone in this. Um, I am a very much and a very easily isolatable is that even a word I don't know I'm a person I'm a hermit you know I will live in my hobbit hole and never come out uh and I'm okay with that however that's not necessarily the best way to uh, do business and it's also isolating yourself that way um the best way to get the best advice is honestly is bouncing it off of other people 
So some of the great, the best ideas that we've gotten have been from bouncing them off of people who are running likewise, you know, other businesses and maybe their business focuses on something else, uh, but it doesn't matter. You know, we may bring something to the table and they may provide us with insight that we didn't even think of, or maybe they tried it and they're like, Ooh, I caution you there. Um, and so I often find that by, if you could find a community, it doesn't have to be a large one. Uh, definitely do not pick a large one because Lord knows some of these Facebook groups can get a little wild. Uh, you know, find a small tribe, find a small group uh, and see if there's anyone that you don't mind bouncing ideas off of. Because um, like I said, Taylor and I are very fortunate to work with each other, but we also are in the same bubble. You know, we, we both live in New Orleans and we're bouncing the same ideas off each other. At this point, we're married. We have the same brain. We're at the point where we can look at each other and beam thoughts into our head. Uh, so a lot of times it is good to kind of step out of ourselves and see what does someone, how does someone else feel about this? And so I highly encourage anyone who's, um, who feels shy or uh, here's the thing. Um, if you want to reach out to another trainer and you want to be friends with them and you think that you could uh, develop a, a business relationship, uh, you're not going to do that by tapping your fingers together and just hoping for them to message you. Uh, message them. It's okay. It, you know, like the keyboard's not going to light on fire. They're not going to think that you're stupid just because of what you typed. That is all the anxiety that's just deep rooted in your brain. Just do it. Just see what happens. What's the worst that'll happen? They'll leave you on red. Okay, well, you could say that you tried and, you know, maybe reach out to someone else. But I'm really glad that we did decide to reach out to the people that we have because they have been um, incredible friends to us. Well, it's also good for uh, referrals, too. Um, I've never felt comfortable referring to people I didn't know. So um, having people that we reached out to uh, together or personally and, and build these little tribes of um, these people we work with, um, it's been really helpful. And Noel, you know what? I, I think you should go to this person. I think you should go to this person. This person would be great for you. Oh, we also did the same thing locally, too. We have um, some other like-minded trainers that, prop, that popped up in our area. So we have referrals now and we didn't have that when we first started. So again, we don't want to do certain cases. We know who to refer to now. So it's really helpful. So literally having good communication with a community of other dog trainers helps you have better client communication. Yeah, absolutely. Completely. Mm -hmm. Completely. I think it's so, so important not to be an island as a dog trainer. Mm -hmm. so important you can learn and grow so much so much from mm -hmm. having those tight connections with other trainers and I do think if you're just looking at trainers on social media it can seem like a really scary place yeah everybody yeah. looks kind of mean well yeah. and I know that we look like we just have our crap together uh, all the time you know you do. don't don't ruin the illusion yeah. don't <laughs> I'm going to pat myself on the back because social media has painted a nice picture. <laughs> but make no mistake about it. You know, we are also sometimes when we message people, uh, I mean, I wish some people could be a fly on the wall with some of the phone calls that we'll call each other. Like we'll be typing an email and Taylor will call me or I'll call her. And I'm like, hey, does this sound dumb? And she's like, okay, <laughs> say it out loud. You know, or, or does this sound passive aggressive? Or for me, no, particularly. My, that's my favorite. That's my favorite. Is this, yeah. sound, is this mean? Is this mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> and, and for me in particular, I have, a, I have a habit of sounding really crass. So I'm like, hey, do I sound like a bitch? <laughs> <laughs> to you. So it's okay. You know, we're all in the same boat. You know, even if we have our pretty pink branding, uh, don't be afraid. Just try it. Just, you know, just see what happens. <laughs> totally. Yeah. So when I look at Smart Bitch, I see this company 
that I think any community would be lucky to have access to. There are so many cities, so many towns, so many communities that do not have a really, honestly, a solid dog trainer at all, but um, a well-run business that you can actually utilize for help with your dog is something that I think every community needs. You have moved a lot of things virtual. You heavily utilize tech in your in your field is it still important to you to kind of serve the local community as you move, move more and more virtual okay sorry we're, we're trying to figure out who's gonna say i'll take this okay I'll take the beginning of it. This, is the, this is the problem having uh two people in charge um okay so yes um actually it is incredibly important for us to be accessible to as many people as possible um Here's the big reason. I think one of our huge reasonings, and I can I can say from uh, personal experience, um, I did not grow up with endless funds, and dog training is not something that was important in my life ever. Uh, I even to this day, the way I was raised and the way you know, not even the way I was raised. I love the way I was raised, and I was fine. But um, I think it is really important to be more accessible to more people because I feel like this has always been dog training in general has been a bit of a luxury uh, to particular. Um, groups of people, um, and yeah, and, and and so it is really important to us that we are not only accessible, but we are also affordable, um, and, and and affordable in a good way. You know, I, I understand. You know, we still have to pay our bills. So what affordable means to some people, we try our our best. But it is really important for us to yes, stay local. We love our community, and we are trying to uh, serve as many people as possible here. But also that virtual presence allows us to reach to reach those questionable areas in the south that all they have is internet and and really really bad uh you know billy bob joe who gave them dog training advice to pin a dog down and knee on the neck you're like no please don't do that uh here we're accessible to you uh the world has evolved um so yeah it is really important for us uh that is a really main point um yes we do love our technology you make no mistake about it just because we are tech forward does not make it easier on us at all in fact it means that we have our work cut out for us maybe two or three times more than other trainers who are just exclusively uh doing just in person only without many adaptations uh, but honestly it's worth it i love that we have such a strong presence um, you know, we have a relatively strong presence in with, with clients in California. We have a relatively strong presence with, Cal uh, with clients in New York. We've even had a client from Canada, which was like a milestone for us that we went international. Yeah, sure, it's Canada, but I'm going to take it. We were international for a second there. <laughs> um, and, and I think it, um, I love that. I love that uh, other people know who Smart Bitch is and that it's not a pipe dream to work with us um, or, or that it is not, you know, we are attainable. And, and, you know, even if it is still out of the budget range, I hope that people are able to find some type of information, whether it is old videos on YouTube or if they find a little snippet of information from TikTok or Instagram. Um, but I, I do, I do want to maintain having the, you know, the, that presence online and in person so that, um, so that everybody could have a, a piece of the Smart Bitch pie. Uh, <laughs> go ahead, Taylor. I also wanted to say that uh, one thing that we have been, I don't want to say fighting, but trying to, it is fighting. We've been trying to educate people like, you know, virtual, doing virtual training is not a bad thing. It doesn't mean that you're not going to get the same level of attention or the same level of expertise as you would get in person. It's the same thing. And when we started doing virtual training, when the pandemic started, because we had to, we noticed that some of the clients that we were getting were some some really, really good clients because 
we did not have the chance to take the leash. So virtual or in-person, um, it doesn't matter. You Everybody starts off with virtual, with a consultation, things like that. And a lot of the things that we do is, is done virtually. And when we do meet you in person, we rarely take the leash. And our clients realize, you know what? I like you kind of being a coach. And they realize that us being dog trainers, it's, it's kind of like a... Uh, mislabel we are we are coaches we are clear to coach you and your dog through whatever's going on to help both to help you both as a team so y'all can be a really good team and a good a good training pair for yourselves and with the virtual training um local is still very important to me but um as Gio and I, we are starting to put a little bit more stake into our virtual side because we do feel like some things can just be done easier online. So, for example, uh, I don't want to, I don't want to say it too, I don't want to jinx it, but we are creating two courses um, that's going to be very, very um, helpful for our local community. Um, one regarding hopefully potty training, one regarding muzzle training, because you know what? We rarely train dogs to be comfortable with muzzles. We actually give people tips and they end up following it. You know what? Let's make a course. So a lot of things can be done virtually. Dog training can be done successfully virtually. That's one thing that we are always telling our people who are local. Like you, you can you can still you can hire us just like this. You don't have to do the full, the full rundown, the whole package. You can just do this and you'll be okay. We also have a, um, we call it our basic bitch obedience. <laughs> our basic bitch 12 week program is a, a manners program. And this program we created it because we started doing dog obedience classes basically um, online when the pandemic started. So we made it to a course and it's, it's running right now. And we actually have some local people in this, in this program. Like, oh yes, yeah, so we, we can just buy training for this amount, which is way, 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 way more affordable than our private training. And you can get us for three months uh, almost to the same level as a private um, client. And they realize, oh, wow, this is, this is pretty dope. I'm like, yes, it is really dope. We're here with you. And it, a lot of it is pre-recorded, but you have access to our group. And the whole point is virtual is something that um, is becoming increasingly more important to us. And I, I suspect that as we go along in the future, it's going to become even more important. But we still want to have our local ties as well. Um, I don't see, Gio and I, I'm from New Orleans. Gio is honorary New Orleans, I call her. Uh, we aren't sure where we're going to be in five years. So, you know, virtual gives us the option to spread our wings a little bit. We are still young. <laughs> so we are just... We are always experimenting and we'll see what the future has to bring. I think another thing too, for any trainers who are um, struggling or, or they want to try virtual, but they're afraid that they're going to take a hit, um, <clears throat> excuse me, if they're going to take a hit in finances or, or it's just like not attractive enough. Uh, yeah, sure. For a lot of people, it's not going to be attractive. Uh, but one thing that I like to say to the clients who we are trying to sell to, or we're trying to convince, um, and I don't really spend too much time convincing them, but excuse me, but I will say, um, you know, I'm a dog trainer and uh, I can get your dog to perform for me. That's not the problem. The problem is that your dog won't perform for you. Or the problem is that your dog is causing issues in your home with you. And so um, it will make no difference whether we are communicating through a computer screen or if we're communicating in person, because my job is to coach you through that problem. My job is to help you solve your own problem, essentially, so that, you know, you become... Uh, the leader that your dog needs or, or the parent that your dog needs um, and that you become knowledgeable and that you can carry this on and you can take the leash and you can have the confidence to move forward. Uh, so I think a lot of times when I say that, it really puts things into perspective for clients that 
Um, it doesn't matter if it's going to be online or in person. And, and that's why um, we are, we, are, we still push a very heavy virtual presence because um, I often find that uh, that, um, that, that client compliance is actually far better when they don't think we're going to take the leash. It's, it's very much like, oh, but you're standing there. Can you just show me real quick? And I'm like, no, <laughs> I've already shown you. Uh, I'm going to coach you through it and I'm, we're going to go at your pace. Um, and a lot of times it, I, I think most people are very tactile in the way that they do things and that when they experience it from, be from beginning to end, not only do they understand, you know, what the end result was, uh, but they, they understood the importance of the process, uh, mm -hmm. which is also really, you know, and then they, and then they value the result even more. Uh, and then they, and then they realize what, what they're going to need to put in to maintain that result. Um, and I think all in all, it just, it just works better in the long run. And I think that, first of all, I think the combo is actually the dream. I think working, having a lot of information available for them virtually, and then also having that little bit of in-person coaching mm -hmm. is in my experience, the most effective. Yes. Um, I rarely get to do it anymore, but that, that really is, I think when I'm the most effective, but the other thing if you're worried about going virtual, like if you're listening to this and you're thinking, I'd like to offer more virtual stuff, but again, I'm worried about that communication. I always say, if I can't teach you something virtually, I don't know it enough. I don't know it well enough. Like yeah. I'm not fluent enough in this skill if I can't teach it to you without taking that leash, mm -hmm. right? Yes. So it's, again, it's just about dog trainers kind of, stepping up to the plate. Yep. Mm -hmm. And I also think that virtual is not, is not, not community-based. Like you can right. really feel passionate about serving your community and also offer a lot of virtual services. Mm -hmm. Like virtual mm -hmm. doesn't need to mean that you're taking mostly Canadians. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> um, and I think that, you know, so I love that you are passionate about it. And I also love, you kind of said something there, Gio, that I'm not, I don't know if you know you said, but it was kind of about being affordable, mm -hmm. but then bringing it back to offering free stuff. Mm -hmm. And what I find is that if I'm actually charging appropriately, then I have the bandwidth to make the free stuff that mm -hmm. I can give out, Yeah, right? Yeah. If I'm yeah. not charging enough, and this came up in um, another podcast that I did with, a, with the dog business coach, if I'm not charging enough, then I can't make this podcast. Yeah, which that's is true. Free resource, yep. Right? Yep. So I, I love all of that. I think it's really important. I think it's clear why Smart Bitch is so successful. And so on that, do you have anything that we didn't cover, anything that you want to add when it comes to client communication? Uh, I, don't, I think we pretty much covered everything I, for me. Um, I think honestly, just closing notes and just kind of reiterating, uh, not being afraid to try. You know, as I, it is scary being a business owner, especially when you're counting on those funds. Um, I will say, I feel like this is probably a universal truth. It costs money to make money. Um, mm -hmm. So if you, so if you're going to make adjustments, um, plan for those adjustments in a more financially secure time. Um, right now, Taylor and I are making adjustments, and it's not necessarily a financially secure time, but we're doing it. We're figuring it out. 
Um, and I think it's, it's really important to just know, just, just keep that in mind. But it's also, that's not a reason not to try. Um, you know, the fact of the matter is, is if you don't try, um, you're going to end up hurting later anyways. And so it's going to be up to you to make that decision accordingly, make those adjustments accordingly when they fit best. Uh, but also know that there is no such thing as perfect timing in business. Uh, just when you think you got it figured out, the IRS is going to change everything about it. Uh, and that's not just the IRS. It literally could be anything just because, just you know, trends and, and the way that technology moves and just like the world, because the world is a wild place lately. Um, so I just, just know that uh, we're, all, we're all trying our best. Um, and, and that you should too, it, you know, whatever the best may be. And it also, there's no time limit, you know, just because you see that a business like ourselves, um, that we garnished attention in three years and that we look like we've just got our heads screwed on or whatever, there is no competition. Okay. Um, you know, I feel like there are other trainers that we also look at that we're just like, wow, I wish I was as cool as them. Uh, but the thing is, is that they may have time or they may have different responsibilities. You don't, you don't know what other people are facing. So work on your own schedule, make your adjustments and you know, be happy with your business. That's, that's pretty much my closing notes there. Um, one thing I wanted to add that we have not talked about briefly, um, we briefly mentioned boundaries. Um, boundaries have been always been very, very important to us because if we are consistently breaking boundaries for people, that has led to burnout for us um, in the past. So what I mean is if you want to have three days off or two days off in the week, then have two or three days off in the week. Do not be afraid to have actual off days. And, and on those off days, get off be your off. phone. <laughs> Do not text people. Make sure your clients know this is a day I cannot reach you because I am literally sunbathing in my driveway. I am ignoring the world. <laughs> I am tuning everything out. I need this time. However, on the on business day number one, I will get back to you. And it is okay. Another uh, one thing I always felt, I still I still work with, I still work for Tuesday. I get so guilty. Oh, somebody contacted me at eight o'clock. Got I gotta get back to him right now. Do you have to right now? Is, is, is the house on fire? Is everything okay? If everything's okay, you can get back to them at a decent time. Uh, and making sure your clients, we rarely have an issue of someone uh, contacting us bizarrely after hours. However, if you want to make it a point, hey, you know, I, I delete this app at 10 o'clock every day. Gio does that. She's hilarious. Or I put my phone on do not disturb. Do those things. And I find that by having actual real off days, letting yourself be off, you will be a better trainer and a better communicator on the days that you are actually on, which is super important. The off time is just as important as the on time. Yep. It's also important for your personal life too. Um, I have, we all have dogs and there are goals that I want to continuously work on. I don't have energy to work with my dogs if I am consistently breaking boundaries because I feel pressure, that's not even there, pressure to do something at X, Y, and Z time. And I, I need to take this advice for myself because I broke this rule on Monday. Gio knows that. You did. I was like, get off your phone. <laughs> but it's just, you know, I find that super important. Have your boundaries, set them. Uh, another thing that has been really, has been a game changer for us, Sarah, um, and we, we should have done this in the first place, but having a scheduling app has been a huge game changer for us. Having an app that sends text reminders 
of appointments has really helped with compliance for us. I know that seems a little bit random, but I'm putting this here because we did not have a scheduling app for about two years. And what happened was that we would get some no-shows or we would get people who would contact us late to reschedule. So we're right now, right now we're using Acuity. We may change that, but Acuity literally sends reminder emails and reminder texts. And that has been a huge game changer for people communicating with us. Hey, I can't do this session. I'm so sorry. Oh, thank you for letting me know 48 hours before. It's helpful versus five hours before. So get a scheduling app, um, look into them. They do cost money, but they are definitely helpful. And I would say, again, stick to those boundaries because that, that will save you. <laughs> and I think that's all I want to say. I, I agree with everything Gio said about um, her closing notes. I don't have anything else to close with. So that's me. <laughs> well, and I, I love that you kind of closed on boundaries because that's what this comes down to. If you're going to be complaining that people are no-showing, mm -hmm. which trust me, like that's so obnoxious, right? Mm -hmm. Like we yeah. all hate that. Mm -hmm. but also do you have those text reminders or right. yes or are you really just expecting that people remember as well as you know do you have a cancellation policy that's actually working for you to make right. sure that they know it's important to to let you know with an ample amount of time right yes i'm um, sorry you just made a point that we have not talked about at all i'm gonna time but um have contracts have service agreements Yes. We all please have service agreements. <laughs> please and don't have be afraid agreements. to charge fees either. Um, have a service agreement. Um, that's one thing. We spent four months, Geo, three months before we took on months. a training, about three months before we took on a training client. After we built Smart Bitch, we were working as wait waitresses, um, supplement our income, and we refused to take on the client until we got our contracts finalized because we knew that contracts service agreements are super super important and if you know something happens where it's broken or you know somebody does something or something happens we have this to fall on and our service agreements have actually worked um, before we, we had we had to use them one time um not gonna go into details but we had to use our uh, service agreements um to dispute something and they actually work so Make sure you have a lawyer look over them. I know this sounds serious. You know, you, 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 dog training isn't taken as seriously sometimes. Take it seriously. This is your income. Um, you are building a very intimate relationship with the people you work with. And you'll be surprised by the outlandish things that could happen. Um, for example, one time we, um, it's not too much details, of course, but one time we went to a client's house and there was a cleaner there with another dog. And we're like, so where are our training dogs? <laughs> training dogs were um, in their backyard and we're like, so we can't train these dogs because they would probably try to get there, this little dog you have in this house. Why do you have a dog in the house? So service agreement, we always yeah. say if, if some, I know, I know your face right now. It was, we were like, so we can't train this dog. We told our client why. And she was like, oh, I understand. I'm so sorry. I'm like, yeah, we can't do this. We cannot go in with another, a random dog and things like that. So have your service agreements. Make sure you stick to them, have a lawyer look over them, and they will save your butts. They will save your business. And if anybody is interested in seeing agreements, uh, Taylor and I are available for viewing on public or for public um, on our FAQ page on our website. Um, so I, everybody's is different. I always highly encourage to anyone to do their own research, but I do know that contracts are kind of scary. So if you need um, 
if you need to look at a scary one, because I think ours looks pretty scary. I'm pretty proud of our scary contracts. Um, <laughs> go look at it. Go see what it says. It sounds very lawyery, uh, but it says everything that we want it to say. Um, so if, if you feel like you could uh, improve in that area, you are welcome to fish on that. I give you permission. Have fun. Have at it. It's public review. It's public viewing. <laughs> See, see how friendly these smart bitches are. They're so helpful. <laughs> well, with that, Gio and Taylor, thank you so much for having this conversation with me today. I will include any links you would like in the show notes, but would you like to just quickly drop where people can find you if they want to know more? So you can find us on all the main um, social media, Instagram at smartbitchdogtraining on tiktok at smart b dog training um tiktok did not want me to put bitch in it i tried <laughs> i tried and i couldn't find our name it, it was a hassle so it's smart b dog training and on facebook surprisingly it is smart bitch modern dog training but i'm a little confused i feel like facebook blocks us sometimes because the bitch in our name but i'm not entirely sure i don't know anyway you can find us on instagram facebook and tiktok for right now okay and highly i recommend on- highly recommend the tiktok everybody oh. Yes, TikTok has been really so fun, fun. today. <laughs> and then, of course, you have a website. Yes, and the yes. old, the old archaic thing, the website. <laughs> so we, so we love our website. We, we definitely love our website. Something that we love, but um, www.smartbitchdogtraining.com. That's our website um, URL. Perfect. I will link that for everybody. Thank you both so much. This has Thank been you. such a blast. Awesome. See you all. Wow, what a conversation. You will find the Smart Bitch links in the notes. And I do hope that you'll check out Taylor and Gio's work. They are just so awesome. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Please be sure to subscribe and leave me a review. If you'd like to support this podcast, head over to patreon.com slash cogdogradio. You might even hear me answer your question on the show. For more content, like the stuff you heard here, check out my online courses at cog-dog-classroom.teachable.com.